0: if there's a gymnast who's very shy or introverted by nature, yeah, I I try not to force anything. Of course, I want to stimulate some things, but I believe forcing will uh, get the different outcome like than what right. you want right. to achieve. So uh, in this case, I would try to make movements and just give her placement. So her head should look at her hand above and then her head looks down, And then she looks at her knee and her shoulder and then left hand, right? And then she gets like this technical cues actually. And then it doesn't feel so much like performing, but when you look at it, it looks a lot better because her head is moving. So it feels like she's dancing a lot,
1: Mm.
0: enjoying this dance.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Shift Show, where my number one goal is going to be tools, ideas, and the latest science to help you change gymnast's lives. My name is Dave Tilley. Today in the podcast, super excited to bring you a very, very popularly requested episode on dance and artistry with Chloe Von Bavel, who is a phenomenal choreographer and artistry kind of expert, I would say, in the gymnastics world. And uh, she got connected to me through Nick and some other friends. But she does an amazing job of really kind of helping coaches and gymnasts, you know, understand the kind of systems and the technical progressions to how to create floor routines, how to help uh, gymnasts be more artistic and expressive. And so, we want to have her on the podcast because clearly, this is not an area of my expertise. And you know, I always had people who are phenomenal choreographers and doing things like that in the gyms that I work in. But I understand, and I can totally know that this is a very overwhelming and stressful part of the the whole process, right? Whether it's a gymnast or whether it's a parent who's seeing a gymnast who struggles with dance and floor routines, or you know, honestly, a a lot of times it's the coaching side which is like you know they don't know how to create floor routines how to create expression how to create artistry and Chloe's just a fantastic resource for someone who has kind of been on both sides as someone who is choreographing choreographing a lot of routines but is also you know teaching coaches how to help their gymnasts as well so uh, lots of great questions here came from the audience but also came from our team as well which I think helped me have a great conversation and so we talk about you know how coaches can help shy gymnasts or introverted gymnasts who maybe don't have the best technical background in dance you know how Chloe finds inspiration for creating so many routines and how she's able to work with the gymnasts and their personality to kind of find the best fit for them, whether it's musically or whether it's just with the choreography itself. And I also really enjoyed Chloe's perspective on how she really thinks a lot about personal development and how there's a much bigger piece to creating floor routines and artistry, which is, you know, the the athlete's comfort level with themselves and their kind of internal beliefs. And I, I really loved that piece of it too as well, how it's not just about the dance, it's definitely about, you know, the person behind the dance. And I really think that's what we're all striving for in gymnastics. So if you guys are listening to this, you'll probably know that Chloe's going to give a phenomenal uh, lecture on artistry and dance and creating floor routines and also the things that come along with some of the physical prep pieces and some of the exercises she uses to help create uh, comfort levels in gymnasts. And I actually have a sneak preview of that lecture it is amazing. So, if you work in gymnastics in any way, shape, or form, and you are trying to learn more about this artistry piece of it, I really think that that lecture alone is probably going to be the biggest help for you. But there is obviously so many other great people who are speaking that day in the symposium. So, definitely make sure you check out that lecture if you are going to want to learn more of that. But if you don't, if you just want to just check out this podcast episode and take some wonderful knowledge to do, just go ahead and do us a favor to like and review on uh, Spotify or uh, iTunes because that helps promote the podcast organically. And we would really appreciate any you know feedback. Do you like this? Do you want more content on this? You know, do you have any uh, questions for? Chloe. She's very open with reaching out and saying hello if you have some questions or you want to work with her. So be sure to check all that out. And I hope you enjoy this wonderful episode with Chloe. Here we are. Chloe, good afternoon to you. Good morning to me. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. How are you?
1: I am good. Thank you for coming on. I'm honored that this is your first podcast you've done. I feel like you're so (laughs) present on social media. I figured you would have been all over the world on podcasts, but I hope people can hear you for the first time.
0: Yes, it's an honor. Uh, It's a premiere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the Chloe show, the Chloe premiere. When you do, uh, have you done obviously a lot of like, uh, clinics and in-person stuff like that though, right? You're quite, quite known to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really love the in-person stuff, but also with the Corona, I think mm-hmm. that w- then, uh, all the digital, uh, yeah. education events happened. So
1: yeah, exactly. What's that transition for you been like going more, you know, social media, online, sharing all your amazing content. Has that been fun for you?
0: Yeah, I remember like very first time I was like uh, having a lot of resistance to it. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm all over it. Yeah, the whole time. So yeah, it was a great opportunity to get more worldwide. Uh, Mm -hmm. and yeah I want to help as many coaches as possible so it's a good platform to do it I
1: know yeah we feel the same way and I think that your you know artistry and dance and stuff is the perfect medium you know what I mean like something like Instagram or YouTube or like you know Facebook videos is such a great way to show probably what is so easy and fluent for you which is teaching artistry and kind of like teaching choreography and stuff I feel like out of all the things in gymnastics, that is one of the hardest things that you really have to see and watch somebody do. It's not like, you know, you can talk your way through drills. Um, do you feel that way, too? Is it easier for you to kind of do things live or record those? Or is it? Do, can you feel you can talk your way through people?
0: Um, well, I do understand. So what I actually always try to create is that uh, everything I do with the artistic side to be uh, as clear as just the drills, right? Mm-hmm. Because those are very clear information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so I try to make it as clear and methodical as possible so that everybody everybody can become better at it even if you don't have a lot of experience.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, not that this is the formal of question list we had, but I feel like that's also something that's challenging for artistry and dance, right? There's so, it's an infinite amount of things you could do for artistry and dance, whereas drills typically have four or five methodologies or ways people teach a round off or a back answering. I feel like your world is like a blank canvas. So I'm sure people really appreciate, particularly for someone like myself, who does not do the choreography and dance that, you know, I outsource to my friends who do that. But I feel like a structured system is probably really helpful for coaches out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it's, uh, and I think, um, so I had a very classical ballet education. Mm-hmm. So I think that fundament is very clear uh, mm-hmm. and that's very helpful too. And I think that's also the base of uh, dancing and uh, gymnastics technically. So that's the very technical part. But then, of course, everything that you build becomes more and more like, um, yeah, abstract.
1: Yeah, sure. W- before we dive into the questions, what do you find coaches struggle with the most? You know, what do they come to you with? Is it is it like the actual choreography? Is it, you know, the music? Is it, you know, help, helping kids learn how to be, you know, expressive? Like, what do you find they, they need the most help with?
0: I think um, most of the time it's all about just um, to make it easier for them to start. So I think they're like uh, lost in the feeling of, okay, where do I begin? What do I do actually yeah. to help this? So I think to make this uh, steps maybe yeah to make Correctly. the the resistance like as low as possible and ah, to make okay. it as small as possible
1: yeah uh, just getting that, started
0: yeah that really helps to make it it small it. yeah
1: and then maybe once they get that first step you know it's like a runaway train where they feel more expressive and they feel like they have more ideas to to work with
0: yeah exactly and in the live uh, coaching sessions that I do uh, I also really make sure that they do assignments themselves so that Mm. they get to do it. Because if they do it, they will feel it more and they will Mm. get better understanding. Even if they don't know how to do it correctly, then at least you get started and then you get confidence in, okay, I can create something. I can create Ah. a program.
1: Right. Right. And then from there, you feel like you have more confidence behind what you can do your own self, you know?
0: Yeah. And then you can just go on exploring. You start with one program, you feel like, oh, this is nice. And then you go on and on. And maybe you have one in between. I have those myself too. I was like, oh, okay, this one. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> let's get this one and we'll, we'll try a new one.
1: Oh man. Something I'm always super impressed with is my best friend, Eva, who did all the choreography for our girls. She would do 12 12- 13, 14, 15 routines per season. I have no idea how she she remembers them all. She remembers every single one. And like when somebody would have a problem with their like routine, she's like, oh, well, it goes like this, this and this. Like six months after she choreographed it. Are you like that too? Do you have like a special memory where you just like remember these things? Is it from your training? You can like segment it. How do you remember 15 <laughs> routines per year?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Well, for me, I think it's a lot to do with a uh, musical memory. So I think mm-hmm. I have like a very special button of musical memory. I remember all the children's uh, intro songs uh, of my <laughs> programs and so the musical memory really helps because it's connected to yeah. Uh, dance. yeah
1: sure yeah i had that with lyrics so maybe i can resonate a little bit with you were like songs when i was like 12 years old or 11 years old like as soon as it comes on i can remember it so i guess i guess that does make more sense now um so i will Uh, openly admit that clearly this is not my area of expertise, but people on the team and many other friends of mine, you know, obviously you're coming on helping with symposium. They were really interested to hear your thoughts and your methodology. So I apologize in advance if I fumble over some dumb questions, (laughs) hopefully as, as not the resident choreographer at our, at our facility or when I was, um, I can do that. But I think the first place to start is in your eyes, you know, how, what, what to you is like a gorgeous routine, like what makes up for you a really incredible routine versus, you know, maybe some, um, more average routines in your mind.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think the ones, uh, the level where it becomes a difference between like a good routine or a gorgeous routine is that, uh, as somebody in the audience that you can feel something. So you get moved mm. by it mm. and to be able to get moved by it. There should be like a level of, uh, of course, elegance and ease to it, but then also, uh, the combination with the music that it's like, Perfectly in line with the music because music makes you feel a lot of things right I think everybody can relate that music can make you feel and it's the same with dance and then this combination of course uh, can make it magical and I think that lies between the difference in um, being able to present yourself but then another level would be to express yourself from a place uh, from within so if Mm -hmm. the gymnast Able to show something from within that we cannot really put words to, uh, but she's able to express that, uh, then you will feel something and then it becomes magical. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's great. I love that lead off. And I also think, too, you know, a lot of people, obviously, when you watch someone who's a phenomenal tumbler, it looks like like it's like so impressive. It looks so easy and they're just so good at it. And something about the contrast between someone who's a phenomenal dancer and does have that emotive kind of like expressive, but then also has tumbling that's extremely clean and crisp and artistic. I think that's always something that's really captivated myself and others when you watch amazing floor routines, right? As someone who has that balance of Dance jumps artistry, but also has phenomenal tumbling. And do you feel the same way that that contrast is is something as well? Or do you feel like the tumbling has to meet the artistry, if that makes sense?
0: Um, Well, I think uh, the artistry is to be found in everything, gymnastics, right? So, Mm. yeah, if you watch like a very nice tumble pass and it floats in the air and you see it go up, up, and the line alignment is great and the landing is soft. Yeah, that's very magical too. And then the difference between this kind of artistry that's throughout every apparatus actually mm. uh, and the expression that you can put into dance and it's of course the more the facial expression and being able to tell a story. I think yeah. it's hard to tell a story in the air yeah. and with a double layout. It's hard yep. to yep.
1: <laughs> <true>.
0: <laughs> express something else. But then this combination is uh, definitely really magical. I think then you get like the uh, embodiment of artistic gymnastics, right?
1: Mm, right. And then also, I think from your eye, probably having a classical training in ballets, you probably un- you can see when someone is very technically uh, polished, right? And is technically profound, like in the same way that somebody watching tumbling or uneven bars or a phenomenal release, when somebody really is a master of technique, it looks so Crisp. That's the only word that comes to mind for me from a gymnastics point of view is like the tumbling looks easy and looks so fluid. You can easily see someone who's got phenomenal technique and how that's so much differentiated from someone who's got like average technique, right? Do you see that with choreography and dance too when someone's really classically trained and have really good mastery that they feel a different kind of expressive that way?
0: Yes, definitely. So you have the technical, of course you have the physical preparation to be able to do these techniques, of course. Right. So it's like the layers. Uh, and if that fundament is super, super steady and, and clear, and then of course you can see in the dance that she's able to express herself in, in a better way. So yeah. she has more capacity. Capacities and abilities to mm. to tell this story that she's trying to to sell you. Mm. Um, um, yeah, it builds upon this this technique. Yeah, definitely. So the technique is a way. It's like the tools mm. to be able to. Uh, yeah. Show yourself and express right. yourself. And the more that is there, the more you get captivated by it, I think. Because if if the technique is not there, mm. then you see something is off and maybe you don't see what it is, but you you, you get out of the feeling. So yeah. the captivating part becomes a bit less.
1: Sure. Is it, and is it true in your world too, that if those foundational technical things or that physical preparation is maybe not quite there that as you try to ascend higher and higher levels of difficulty or jumps and leaps or more artistry that it seems to be challenging you can't really continue to progress because those base layers are not there because that's very true for uh, the tumbling pieces too which is like the foundational pieces of flexibility and of strength and stuff is it eventually it catches up to you if you don't have those base layers do you find that's true as well
0: yeah definitely definitely you have like a, a you, you reached the ceiling um yeah. earlier on right so mm-hmm. you have this uh technical part which is mostly ballet but then you of course also have a lot of different dancing styles like sure. many many um i think the one closest would be kind of modern contemporary which is also mm-hmm. pretty elegant and in line um but all those vocabulary pieces if they're not put in there
1: right
0: um, then yeah then there's less possibilities of course so when I for example when I try to let them improvise and they haven't had any like schooling right then of course like a little girl that's three years old if I ask her to improvise she can Very well, because she's like completely free still and (laughs) uh, have has uh, no limits, but she's not schooled, so she cannot do certain movements, of course
1: right and so i guess when you when you're working with someone for the first time or someone asks you to help them like how do you approach that from the beginning like what factors do you look at do you watch their old routines do you just want to see what they've you know their, their natural style is like how do you start that i think like that's to your point in the beginning is that's really overwhelming and stressful to a coach is like okay i don't know where to even begin with this whole process so what do you do to start with someone
0: um well Uh, it depends of course when I already work with the gymnast or not so if I do not work with this gymnast and I get to meet her then of course it's nice to get some information but actually it doesn't really matter too much yeah um, the amount of information because when I get see her then I will also receive the information so I will see the potential I will see Mm. what's her What are her physical features? What are her superpowers? That's Mm. what I'm actually looking for and the potential that she has. And then uh, also in combination with what kind of person she seems to be. So what kind of personality is in there? And then that combination, uh, we will use that to work together. And then I think most of the magic can happen in creating a safe space and Mm -hmm. making sure that there's trust and uh, you've built some connection so that this gymnast is uh, kind of free to explore too and then we can become creative. Yeah. then it can go anywhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's great. What what percentage would you say, or maybe like what chunk of it is like their personality, their style, their natural, like their high energy, their lower energy, they're more, you know, uh, more of a serious kind of tone gymnast versus more of like an open and fun. Like how much of it is their personality versus like your expertise of you've seen other gymnasts that have been successful and you've seen routine choreographies have been successful. Like what's the balance there between how much is the gymnast and then how much is maybe the coach's expertise?
0: Um, well, of course, if somebody has, has uh, if if a gymnast has a good um, technical education, yeah. then of course she receives all these uh, dance vocabularies, these tools, techniques. Sure. Uh, so if they receive that from me throughout mm-hmm. several years, which I did, then probably you can see my kind sure. of movements through them. Sure. Um, but then, um, I always try to use as as much as their own personality and their own ideas too, so that they become the owner of their floor routine. Mm -hmm. Um, so I try to put as much in there as what they are, but, um, it does depend of course, if the gymnast is able to do that. So actually two days ago I was working with a gymnast and she, uh, so we just started and she, um, is pretty artistically uh, gifted <laughs> so she's pretty talented in this so I give her a lot of space to give input um, so that it becomes like a collaboration mm-hmm. but maybe some somebody else who doesn't feel so safe or secure in dancing then I will take yeah. the lead more and yeah. put more of my things in
1: yeah, I think that's probably a really good thing to talk about because we we're gonna talk about this later in the episode, but it's coming up now is I think for a lot of it's easy to make routines or what I've observed from Eva making routines when someone's naturally a dancer, they're more outgoing, you know, they have maybe a technical background they did before gymnastics or alongside it. It's very easy. You have like a blank canvas where someone's really there. However, in our situation, there were many girls who felt really uncomfortable dancing. And, you know, they you know, for, for many reasons, but one is that you're literally everyone's staring at you, right? And when you're 11, 12 years old, that's a very overwhelming <laughs> situation to be in. So how do you help athletes who maybe aren't natural dancers or are really shy and are overwhelmed by that everyone watching versus you know that extroverted person who loves to dance already which is a little bit easier to choreograph for
0: (laughs) yeah definitely I actually like the challenging ones because I feel like this process is interesting so the process of growth so Mm. I think with the ones who uh, have feel like more insecure about it I would try to work more on personal development Too. So I want to focus on that. I want to focus on uh, the process and then Mm -hmm. trying to get them to enjoy this process. So, not too much focusing on the outcome, but focusing or the presentation, but focusing just on enjoying the movements and Mm. exploring movements. Um, But then there's also like uh, little tricks to do, of course. So, for example, if there's a gymnast who's very shy or introverted by nature, yeah, I, I try not to force anything. Of course, I want to stimulate some things, but I believe forcing will uh, get the different outcome like than what right. you want right. to achieve. So uh, in this case, I would try to make movements and just give her placement. So her head should look at her hand above and then her head looks down and then she looks at her knee and her shoulder and then left hand, right? And then she gets like this technical cues actually and then it doesn't feel so much like performing but when you look at it it looks a lot better because her head is moving so it feels like she's dancing a lot Mm. enjoying this dance
1: Mm. On the first part there, I think it's really interesting, which is that you're trying to maybe help them enjoy the process for themselves, right? It sounds like, you know, you're trying to in the same way in gymnastics, we're oftentimes trying to have somebody do the work and do all the hard stuff because they love the sport. They love tumbling. They love skills, not for the judges, not for other people. It sounds like maybe a way of that too, is to help them encourage like, you know, well, do you, and what do you enjoy about this process for your own self? Don't think about the judges or your teammates or whoever's on TikTok or stuff like that. Right. And I also think I caught there was trying to shift their focus on themselves internally right in the routine of like watch your hand watch your knee watch your shoulder not stare at 14 people watching you on the side of the floor is that is that my right there am i wrong
0: yeah definitely yeah so both uh, both of these so i really like to uh, explore i want them to uh explore movements and how mm-hmm. the movements feel from an internal place because that's safe right and then um they get to enjoy it from a different point of view because the performance part is just one part of it. And of course, it's a very big part in terms of when it's competition time, then it's performance time, right? Yeah. So it's there, but, it, but a lot of the time we spend, of course, in training. So if in training, they can enjoy this exploring part. And then I think another thing that's very nice uh, to do is to create a team performance because, yeah, yeah it can be very scary uh, to do like a performance all by yourself. Right. But then when you can do it in a team, so just for fun, but still at very educational use, of course, then you get a process with a team and then they can carry each other and then ca- they can do it together. And when mm. you do it together, you get more space to dare to do it and to help each other, lift each other up uh, and learn how to perform in a more safe environment before you do sure. it by yourself.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's great. And I wonder too, um, I've noticed with Eva when she picks music and styles is that I think, uh, and maybe in gymnastics, this I'm so naive on this because I'm a guy who never did choreography routines myself, but I feel as though there's like almost like a, a stereotypical approach to dance, which is like you said, modern and very elegant and very flowy and very kind of like classically ballet. But I feel like as the last 10 years has gone on, you see a huge variety in styles and, you know, you have someone like Ellie Black, for example, right, who can be much more of a strong, powerful based, you know, um routine, whereas somebody else who's very like, you know, classically trained in ballet and really picks up that naturally. And I feel like seeing high-level elite gymnasts or college gymnasts who are doing much wider arrays of choreography has allowed younger generations to like, oh, I don't have to do just a ballet, you know, classical kind of uh, Eastern European style. Is that am I wrong that or is that true?
0: Yeah, I believe that this variety is great. And I actually <laughs> want it. To- want it to expand even more mm. because um, everybody is different so it's really nice if if you feel like there's a variety of possibilities uh, then you can uh, easier find one that resonates more with you, right? So, right. Uh, uh, and I think the hardest thing for this, uh, for my perspective is that, of course, we have the E-score, right? And now the artistry, artistry score. Right. But uh, it's all about um, like extension and point, point your feet and straighten your arm. But there is something that's, of course, limiting in that because when you want to tell a story, you don't want to bother about your left toe. <laughs> Being straight it doesn't add to <laughs> to the story <laughs> uh,
1: that's funny um on that too, I'm thinking now out loud is is so when you're working with someone, you're trying to fit their personality, you're trying to understand where they're coming from do they bring you music? Do you say pick five routines that you like or you've seen, you know, on the world stage or you've seen in college and bring those to me and let me kind of like see what you like? Or is it you have ideas from watching them and then you bring them music to say like, do you like any of these? Because I know Eva used to go through the opposite, which was, look on, you know, look on college, look on elite, look at worlds, tell me what styles you like of dance, of music, you know, what performer. And sometimes that's just like someone, you know, an athlete looks up to their whole life and they want to do a similar thing. Or other times, like I said, it's, it's a very different contrasting style than the classic stuff. And they like that contrast. So do you bring music to them? Or do you you say scour YouTube and bring music to you?
0: That's a good question. So music is a really big part, of course, of the routine. Mm -hmm. Um, I, um, My ideal world, then I would pick it for them. So I would, I would, uh, but I want to give them choice. I believe that to be very important. So then I would try to find, but it takes a lot of time, (laughs) but I would try to search for
1: choreograph for that's a lot of music.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like the most, most of the time is, is searching the music actually. Then after that, that becomes the fun part. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um so I try to find music that I think suits her uh, or I think uh, could bring something out of her mm. and I try to find like at least two but not too many choices too because then Yeah. Um so and then uh, she can still pick but uh because I do believe it really helps me of course also uh, I try not to get my own flavor in there, but of course it does help if the music does something to me. Right. Uh, because if I feel the music, uh, and I, of course I can learn to feel the music too,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: if I feel the music, then uh, yeah, that I can become more creative, of course. Yeah.
1: Sorry to interrupt. It becomes that joint process you're talking about.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really want them to be part of the process. But uh, then... It also depends. So sometimes I I will also choose to let them search. It depends if it's a gymnast that I work with a lot or not. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then back to the uh, kind of closing the loop on helping Shire gymnasts, do you find that introducing either group choreography or teaching and lessons in large groups allows them to not feel as awkward. Like when they first start to develop a style or get comfortable with that, I would imagine, you know, that doing things in a group setting of 12 gymnasts, all working on some sort of thing together allows everyone to kind of be clunky and awkward and laugh at each other and giggle and stuff. And then that maybe allows them to feel comfortable. And then maybe you go to a group of four or a group of two, I know they do this in um, like more classical kind of dance settings is they'll start with a large group and then, okay, five people go at the same time. Then if you feel as though you can go solo, go solo. Do you do that as well where you kind of go smaller and smaller groups?
0: Mm, well that's an interesting concept actually. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's a good one, definitely. Um, um I haven't done that before. So what I what we did is when we made group choreographies, uh then we did give them also again uh quite a lot of personal input. So for example, mm-hmm. you would give uh you can give every gymnast uh like the assignment, okay, go pick uh, like eight seconds from your own floor routine and you can just add different parts together, whatever you want, uh, uh, like one eight count or maybe two eight counts. Mm. And then um, they can put that in a dance. So the dance actually becomes something from themselves. And then the translation to the their own floor routine, of course, also becomes uh, better mm. and they can learn each other uh, something. So, and if they teach each, each other then you also get an interesting team process. You get a new dimension of how does this movement work? What is the process? What is the feeling? How can I explain this movement to someone Mm. else gives me a new understanding. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel as though, what a great way to build a culture and a team environment and really positive, upbeat vibes is to kind of, you know, joint collaboratively create dances and things like that. I feel like that'd be a great team building exercise for a lot of people.
0: Yes, definitely. And it helps for like, for example, of course, I also created like team choreographies myself. Mm -hmm. But if you have a hard time to do that, if you feel like, oh, I don't know how to do it, I think even you could do that. You could give them this assignment, right? So you can create a team performance, even though you don't have any artistic background.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shifting to more like yourself and the coaches side too. is is, So where do you get your inspiration from? Do you watch just I'm sure you watch a crazy amount of routines, right? But also like, is it like your own past experience? Is it like you're, obviously there's so many choreographers that are wonderful around the world who are choreographing for athletes we see on the world and, and stages up. Do you watch them? And it's like, oh, I like that. I'd like to learn more about that. Is it traditional dance styles that you then bring in gymnastics? How do you get all your inspiration for so many routines you choreograph for?
0: Yeah, well, um, I try to do it in as many ways as possible. I feel that's the best. So the most variety. Uh, then I also... Uh, enjoy it most. So I, of course, I definitely watch. uh, I also get inspired by just gymnasts. So I watch Mm. them improvise and observe them. Uh, Of course, I watch a lot of routines. Uh, I think a lot of my um, technical background really helps, of course, because that's my own dance vocabulary that I build. Mm. Um, And I learn a lot by feeling. So for example, if I start to do something, so I start to dance or I put on a song, then um, in this moment, when I start to do it, I will become creative because something is happening. I'm Mm. moving and uh, by doing this, uh, I get a new information. And then my favorite one uh, is um, actually since three years, um, I've been dancing a couple's dance with my boyfriend,
1: um,
0: which is great. So it's a kisomba uh, and it's very creative uh, uh, dance. But it's interesting because normally I lead and I make up everything and now I have to listen to him. Mm. So I get a a vision of his creativity and his musicality because it's all improvisation. So it's all very free uh, and very expressive in that way. So that's a whole new dimension for me that I get a lot of uh, inspiration from. Like um, a few weeks ago, I was at Nick's Roddick's Easter camp and the first yeah. evening I had a free evening. So I searched on Google and I found a dance school. So I went uh, <laughs> to some classes and then... Uh, Did
1: Nick come with Leonie? <laughs>
0: Uh, I should have asked them.
1: <laughs> Nick is like one of my best friends, so I'm easy to poke fun. Um, <laughs> um, Nick, that's the next one. When, we, when I come over to London, Nick's going to go to a dance class and I can't wait. I'm actually, I grew up in a very musical family, so I'm, I have no problems with dance at all. Whereas I don't know if Nick follows suit. So that'd be, <laughs> we can bring Dan Lonsdale too. It'll be a whole trio, you know? <laughs> Uh, would
0: be be very fun to watch
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um something you said that stuck out is that term dance vocabulary i really like that is that like is that from classical like your training and stuff or is that something you came up with
0: um i haven't learned that anywhere i think Yeah, it's just my own term of, so yeah, kind of like learning the alphabet, right? Yeah, You get a lot of tools. Also in in gymnastics, you have all these profile skills and segments of skills that are very important uh, important, uh, Mm. and in dance, I think it's the same. So it's dance vocabulary in the sense of techniques in ballet, but also, of course, in the sense of different dancing styles with their own embodiment and feeling and uh, vibes. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, And I, I actually really enjoy, you know, I know a lot of gyms that I work with or, you know, colleges I work with who do, you know, from a very young age will have, you know, once per week, they'll do 30 minutes or 60 minutes of dance for classically trained dance. And I don't know, I view it as one, I view it as just like gymnastics is if you can learn all the basics very well of shaping and handstands and how to run and how to like, you know, do yourself well, you have an unlimited, uh, canvas for, you know, skills down the road because you have all these basics really well done. And I find as though it's similar with dance that I can imagine is that if you learned a lot of styles when you're younger and younger. do a lot of different like, you know, just basic, you know, vocabulary, basic letters that you have more to play with when you're older. And I also really like this too, because it's a great way to train, but not, you know, to have so much stress on their body when they're young. Like that's one of the hardest things that I see as a medical provider and as a coach is, you know, so many kids want to do so many hours, but they unfortunately can't handle all the impacts and the volume. But an hour of dance per week is a phenomenal way for flexibility and prehab and strength that can directly serve your goal down the road but is obviously a little bit more probably fun and a little bit more you know low impact and, and i know i just feel like it's important to say that because there's so much benefit at a young age of learning this then you have unlimited you know to work with down the road
0: yeah definitely i think like gymnastics very demanding for the body of yeah. course and also for the mind and for everything else <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like ballet is kind of the same so it's all it's also very demanding very technical mm-hmm. very precise uh, and there's a lot of tension in there. And I feel like we miss the relaxation part. So mm-hmm. they can get overly tense. I see a lot of gymnasts doing all these handstands, of course. Uh, so they lock their head in because they have to look straight in the beam, at the beam also. So to get more relaxation in there, I feel mm-hmm. like also will really help to give them more uh, rehab, right? Or like to, how do you say it? to recover uh, in an active way. It's like an active recovery time Mm. because you can let loose a little bit, you can relax a bit more uh, and it's really fun and explorative.
1: That is so interesting. I've, that's never dawned on me till right now is the contrast between like what you need in gymnastics which is like a lot of like you know, a lot of like, like tension and and shaping and stiffness and like really rigidity which you need to be successful. Um, and I guess there's there's a little bit of philosophy, uh you know metaphor there for a gymnast who's high strung and type A personality all the time and is really like stressed out whereas maybe the contrast of dance or something like this is the opposite, right? Which is you know the ability to like you said let go and have a little bit more freedom and be a little bit more Uh, fluid with things, I would say. I feel like that's an important skill for a young gymnast to learn.
0: Yes, definitely. Yes, of course. We first want to give them, teach them all these tension things because they don't understand how this works. They're all like very, uh, nobody's born with tension, I I believe. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to teach them this. But then I feel like um, what they uh, can learn better is like to move with Certain relaxation, but not like complete relaxation, because then it's, again, it's sloppy. And uh, so it's a kind of controlled, more... Uh, yeah. Controlled some chaos, community.
1: you know? <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Something <somebody> like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a really deep metaphor in there for like, you know, a gymnast learning to be fluid in controlled chaos, but we'll leave that on the shelf. <laughs> <get some> <laughs> but, so, yeah. We're rolling on the idea of like, you know, the gymnast and stuff like that, but we're transitioning now to like helping coaches understand, which I think is a lot of your expertise too, as well as I know for sure, you know, there's, I've, I've worked with people, I've heard from coaches that they themselves weren't natural dancers and they really struggled with it. So now they're in a position where they, have to choreograph for their athletes or learn, you know, the routines and do that. So what are your tips for the coaches side who maybe aren't naturally talented, you know, and the, the thought of starting or creating routine is paralyzing to them because they're like, oh, I'm not a good dancer. So how in the world could I do it for an athlete? What are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, well, I believe, I think the most important thing is to get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, the gymnast uh, has a lot of co- uh, capacities right and abilities so it's not that you have to be a great dancer to be able to teach a gymnast and a great floor routine Um, she has to be able to to do the great dance (laughs) Uh, and you have to be able to dare to do it so if the gym because you're the example right so if the gymnast feels like uh, at least you have no shame and at least you're just trying. And mm. it's funny, actually, even. So you're trying and she's seeing you're struggling and you're saying, yeah, oh, my God, I can I cannot do it, but I'm doing it anyway. And then uh, something like this, something like this, and you just laugh a bit about yourself. Do not take it too seriously. Mm. Then you create a really safe uh, space even for the gymnast to be able to also do this mm. and to yeah to be more free and expressive being able to dare to do that
1: yeah i love that right what a great uh example, right. For, for a young athlete to have as a coach who's knows, they're not a great dancer and knows it's a little awkward. What do you think that that poor 12 year old athletes going through? It's the same thing that you're going through personified a little bit older. And I love the example that, you know, um, you know, the, the best thing a coach can give a gymnast is that is an example to follow a good example to follow. And I think that that comes out really true in this situation. And, And I also think too, that, you know, some of the best coaches I know were not great gymnasts themselves. And Nick has openly said this, that he didn't do high level gymnastics in any way, shape or form, but to your, to your, uh, you know, point, he was willing to get uncomfortable and realize he had more to, learn and, you know, try new things and travel places and get mentorship. And so, you know, anybody probably looking on the other side of coaching is like, you know, well, I wasn't a great dancer growing up and I didn't have the best choreography, but if you're willing to get uncomfortable and kind of learn from people and like, you know, it just play around and stuff like that, you can probably develop a pretty good skill set in the same way that I would consider Nick as one of the highest class coaches in the world, even though he was not one of the best gymnasts in the world. And I think the opposite is true where great gymnasts are sometimes the worst coaches too, but we'll stay on the best part of that. So <laughs> Yeah. A coach who's willing to, you know, show, like you said, to show that they're willing to play around with it and be awkward and, you know, kind of be clunky with it, but they're learning and they're trying. I feel like that's a phenomenal thing for a young gymnast who's also in that position to to see, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, it's a, it's a certain vulnerability that you're showing in that way. Right. Uh, And that creates a really nice space because yeah, we actually ask uh, these gymnasts, we ask a lot of these gymnasts, we we tend to forget that, but we ask a lot of them. And then uh, we ask them to get out of the comfort zone. So I think we have to do that too, uh, in order for them to be able to do it.
1: Sure. And bringing it full circle, right, which is that you were talking about how it's more important that the shy introverted gymnast learns to do it for themselves. And they enjoy it because they're trying to learn and get better and not worrying about what people are saying or judgment or fear of people, you know, making fun of them. That's probably the same parallel you're explaining when you're trying to be not a great dancer, but learn is like, well, I'm doing this because I want to be a better coach and I want to help my athletes. And I'm sure people will, you know, poke fun at me or laugh at me or whatever stuff is. But you're saying like, despite that, I'm going to do it anyways. Again, what a great example to show your young athlete that you're willing to do the same thing you're asking them to do, which is step on a floor, you know, into a new routine in front of a bunch of people and a judge and do it for yourself and not worry about the fear of their judgment or have healthy ways to deal with that anxiety a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah, just the willingness to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And um, it would be like the same that if you guys uh, would join this dance class, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, you heard it, buddy. You heard it here. <laughs> um, how do you feel? And the bigger picture, how do you feel the choreography landscape has changed over the last like decade or so? Because I, you know, only am vaguely familiar with the actual changes technically, but do you feel there's been a large change from 10, 15 years ago to where we are now and, you know, the current age?
0: Um, I think when I go like even more back, I think there was also like more compulsory stuff and it was all very elegant. Mm. Um, it was more about artistry, but I do believe, I, I do agree with, with what you say about the uh, it was more like one-sided, so now there's more variety, so that's yeah. good development. Uh, then I think there was an area, a, an era where uh, we overdid the D value. so it became just too much about tumbling. I believe yeah. there was a, a time where we could even do five tumbling passes, which is just way too much because you <laughs> cannot do any dance anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, when that uh, in a past few years i think maybe past decade we're trying to build back into the Mm. balance um, of um 50 50 kind of more artistry uh so that is well balanced i think that's also the night the most
1: uh the biggest change we've seen
0: yeah i think that's also
1: so something i've heard from eva and i've also heard from other friends of mine is that the pendulum maybe swung too far in either way. There was a time when maybe it was like all one style of dance, like you were saying. And it was very like, you feel like you're watching the same routine when everyone's trying to, I don't know whether it's like the judging style promotes that as they want to see what they think is like classic, you know, beautiful gymnastics or whatever. Um, And you see everyone doing what feels like the same modern kind of classic routine. But then, yeah, we went the other way, which is like, people aren't dancing. They're just doing five tumbling passes or four tumbling passes. And that became a little stale too. You know, even as a male gymnast who we did all tumbling passes, like, I can understand someone's perspective of we don't want either, right? We don't want someone who's like all dance, very minimal tumbling. And it feels like you're watching the same routine in different ways, shapes, and forms. But then on the other side, you don't want to see only tumbling because there's no time to really express yourself and have a differentiator that you feel that way. Do you feel part of that is coaching? Is that the judging style has changed to allow more options for that? Is that, I don't know, is that just like we've seen gymnasts who step out of the box and do something they really love and it doesn't matter what it looks like? How do you feel that's changed?
0: Well, I think... um it's really nice that we try to like improve this change with the artistry sheet. Uh, mm. So I think that really helps, helps, but then still there's this place where we try to make something that is not that objective, trying to make it ob- objective, right. which is, I think really hard. Um, and the downside to creating a lot of like um, cues mm-hmm. is also to that we, uh that i want to be aware of not losing the freedom again because i I, yeah i believe that like in a uh in the past it was always like this gymnastics dance so it's very gymnastics specific kind of dancing which can be like a specific genre if you ask me um and nowadays it becomes more and more expressive in uh originality people are getting more and more out of the box Mm. uh, which is great and i think we could go even further with that yeah yeah
1: how, how um, in tune are you with like the college gymnastics situation here in the States? Do you watch college gymnastics? Cause that's like a completely different style of dance and creation and choreography. I feel like the elite world is very far away and not all the way, obviously, but just watching college gymnastics, you know, when you see 50 routines per, per year, per month that are world and elite level, it's a very different style than gymnastics in college. I feel like has a completely blank canvas, like you can do whatever you want with music cuts and stuff. Do you watch it all or no?
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't watch it all, yeah. <laughs> but of course uh, I'm familiar. Um. Yes. I. I really like this freedom of expression, and I like that there's now an artistry deduction sheet, which should actually be artistry bonus points, if you'd ask me. <laughs> ah, <I> like that. <laughs> um. Uh, but uh, anyway. Um. Yeah. So the positive thing is that there's more focus again on artistry. You can Mm. see that it's now not the one who's doing like big tumble passes and just a few arm waves. Uh, You're not getting (laughs) away
1: with that. That would be me. me. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're not getting away with this uh, lack of energy, lack of energetic, uh, full body, full uh, engaging Mm. um, Mm. uh, choreography anymore. But there's just more rules. I feel like because rules are very narrowing right mm. something that's creative the more rules you put into it the the less possibilities you have yeah. so for example um i created a routine uh, a few months ago and there was like this kind of like hop, and it was not at all a cat jump like it doesn't look like a cat jump at all but then for some reason a judge decided okay this is a cat jump but then poorly executed so Mm. then you feel like okay what can you then still do with all these rules so i think yeah rules is the um the uh, enemy of creativity.
1: <laughs> ah, yeah, you, I was thinking that. And you actually probably led the next question, which is, you know, to finish up here before we chat about your lecture is, you know, if you had a magic wand and you could change whatever you wanted in the, in the world of gymnastics for artistry and dance, what would you like to see? Because there are a lot of judges who do listen to this podcast. So you might be able to get one of your, your thoughts through.
0: <laughs> Ooh, oh, wow. I do like having a magic wand. <laughs> 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 That's great. Yeah, I think just um I would love for it to be more free when it's in the dancing part. So, mm-hmm. of course, when we're doing like a leap or a turn, it's very clear there are certain rules. Um but I do think that it would be great that um there's more freedom in true and honest expression with the body. And yeah. not caring too much about it being straight lines and straight knees all the time. Which, sure. of course, isn't true, but I feel like it's still too much. Because that's that's why you get this gymnastics kind of dancing, right? Yeah, yeah. So if we can get more freedom in expression, that would be great. And if we can turn it into bonus points for artistry, it would be awesome too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I can imagine there that one of the ways to maybe do that is to... I know nothing about what what percentage of judges do have a technical background in dance and understanding or who who knows, right? But maybe there is some uh, opportunity there for you or other choreographers to uh, explain to them how to look for a trained eye, what's a cat leap versus what's not, versus, you know, those kind of things. If maybe judges had a better technical eye and if coaches had a better technical eye, like, okay, well, this is more of like the creative dance zone and this is what it can look like versus this is the tumbling kind of more classic rules. Maybe there's a way for to get a, a, a better of both worlds there, right? Which is like a, a better technically trained, Uh, coaching or judging, I would imagine, is better at distinguishing between those lines of like, what is creative dance? What is more gymnastics dance? What is skill work? No?
0: Yeah. Well, even if you're saying it like this, I'm thinking then maybe you could even like differentiate uh, being like, technical so the technical artistry part and the creativity artistry part uh if you can put those in two different boxes maybe that will help because at this moment i do feel that execution and artistry are is a bit mixed up also um so i feel like execution should be the technical part so the technical execution um which you can school of course if there's more education it will be better yeah um And then there's also the more creativity, more freedom, explorative kind of self-expression part. That would be another side.
1: Yeah. I love that. Well, This has been fantastic. And I'm really excited to share with people. I think a lot of people are excited to uh, see your lecture at the symposium. I know a lot of I've gotten a lot of feedback from when we posted you were doing about thankfully, you finally have like last year, we didn't have any artistry, we didn't have any dance. And so I kind of caught some heat for that, (laughs) which is why we sought you out. So I think a lot of coaches are really excited to hear your philosophies and your building blocks and what you would say. So can you share a little bit of what uh, will be coming uh, in the lecture in June?
0: Yes, of course. Um, So it will be, um, of course, about how to build a a floor choreography. Uh, I think that's very nice to have like a a very structural tools so that you get more uh, structural uh, process in there um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of tools. Then um, we are going to try to dive a bit more into movement perspective. So ways to improve artistry. And I will give you like... look through my lenses of what to look Mm. for uh, and how to look uh, at certain movements so that you can become a bit more creative with them and get more input and hopefully a lot of inspiration Uh, and we will talk about uh, improvisation as a skill that you can learn and teach
1: that's great. That's great. So it sounds like it's a it's, it's your kind of systemized approach to how you build floor teams. But then within that, you know, there's tools to help on each thing, which is the construction, the improvisation, the you know, the the, the dance aspects that are probably more challenging. People.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking well, forward I, to it. I've been working uh, for a very long time on it.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did have an inside peek, and I saw it, and it's gonna be very, very good. So I don't want to spoil any of the goods, but yeah, people will love that. I'm very excited about to have that in there. So I thank you in advance for your hard work and your time on that.
0: Well, uh, it was a pleasure. <laughs>
1: um, so we'll wrap it up there because I think, again, you have a busy day and so do I. But I, I want to uh, just say thanks for, for coming on and chatting a little bit. Is there anything you want to share with people before we go? Or
0: um, Well, if you if you want to get more inspiration, of course, you can always try to visit my website, uh, which is my name, hey. com, or mm-hmm. uh, go to my Instagram. Um, yeah. And Definitely. if you we'll want, to, your- uh, want to get some help, yeah, you can always send me a message because I'm always happy to help.
1: <laughs> yeah, please do. Everybody take advantage. We'll put your your website and your Instagram and everything in the show notes so people can reach out to you and find you if they have questions.
0: Great. All right. Well, awesome. Looking forward to the questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great day.
0: I uh, hope you have a great day too.